0: Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant.
1: Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace the conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Jill Lowey, speaker and author of many books. Her most recent books include 10 Ways to Improve Your Karma, Dealing with Spiritual Challenges, and Practicing the Way of the Tao Te Ching. She has given many talks, lectures, and led various workshops and retreats. She promotes raising one's awareness to our true nature and inner divinity to bring peace and harmony into our lives. Welcome to the show, Jill. Hi, Rana, it's so good to be with you. It's so nice to be with you. And we have a very special friend together. Gail Heisian. She has the podcast Small Medium at Large. Correct. And, correct. Uh, yes and I saw you there and I was actually a guest on her show as well.
0: I saw I saw that you were on her show too.
1: Did you see that? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's a small world. Let the audience know a little bit about your background and take us there first and then we'll we'll get on our journey. Okay.
0: Well, just a little bit about my background. I was born and raised uh, near Chicago, Illinois, in a small suburb there, and pretty much grew up a normal childhood Mm -hmm. life. I was just lucky, probably lucky than most kids is that, you know, our family used to go camping a lot, and I really, really enjoyed being with nature, the amount of camping that we did. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my mother had the kind of job where she was had the summers off, which is really cool. Yeah. So our whole family would go out camping, and being you know great time to grow up being in nature, in different uh, parks in Wisconsin and uh, Minnesota and in the area around there. So pretty much normal life and. Things really didn't <laughs> go haywire for me until uh-huh. um, I was in my 20s. Yes. And I read the book Be Here Now by Ram Das. Yes. And like many people before me, that book just changed my life. When I was reading it, so many bells and whistles went off in my head. I mean, everything that I thought life was about was all changed.
1: Just yes, turned on
0: its head just turned on a light that it's like I knew all this all along but it was like buried and I was just like you know more into like n- the normal person wanting to grow up hang out shop and, and make money have a job and that all changed
1: all of a sudden <laughs>
0: that all changed after that it's like I had to go in retreat um, and not a meditation retreat, I was going to say, but just a retreat by myself, because it, it totally rewired my brain, my thinking, my thoughts about the world and who I was, and nothing was what I thought it was, mm-hmm. and it, it just, it was an awakening, it was an awakening, mm-hmm. uh, probably the first awakening, and so that changed my life, it changed my. <laughs> My whole disposition. Yeah. All my friends used to know me. Thought I went off the deep end.
1: And- oh yes, <laughs> completely.
0: <laughs> it was, and um, and so everything changed. And mm-hmm. then I began studying meditation, mm-hmm. and um, I became um, involved with Kriya Yoga, a um, temple mm-hmm. of Kriya Yoga in Chicago, which is Yogananda's tradition, and studied yes. with him in yoga. And then I also mastered Wei Sun Liao and I studied Tai Chi and Qigong for, um, I've been doing at least 30 years now, but at first studied with him. Mm-hmm. And all this happened at once. I started studying all this stuff at once. And it was completely natural. It was after, after that awakening, after that awakening, it was completely natural. Mm-hmm. And so that really started me into the path. Uh, at 20s. And then I just studied and became more involved. And it was asked to start teaching, teaching Tai Chi, Qigong, and different aspects of Kriya Yoga. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so became very involved with that. So I guess that's a good intro.
1: It is a good intro. So when you had this awakening, so some people have little by little by little awakenings, Mm -hmm. and then they'll have a huge one. It's almost like Um, the universe is calibrating the soul to Mm -hmm. prepare for the next level, the next level. But for you, it sounded like it was a real bang awakening and uh, it just, you reevaluated. So once you had that first big awakening from reading Ram Dass's book and, and starting your training, did you Mm -hmm. have a hunger, to know more and learn more and be more—is that why you ended up doing the different studies? Yeah, I did. I wanted to know
0: the true nature of reality. I wanted to know who I really was. I wanted—I wanted to know the truth yeah. of our existence. And I just—I mm-hmm. had a longing and yearning to know that intimately. I just didn't want to read it in a book and say, oh, this, this is what the truth is. Now <laughs> you can go off and <laughs> eat your cake.
1: <laughs> I know, because I mean, in every little level of truth that you read, it, it helps you until you're saying, no, there's more, there's mm-hmm. more. And it's kind of like eating a bag of chips is that the more you learn, the more there is to learn and the more you want to learn. And then mm-hmm. it ends up taking over your life. It does. It and does. it can
0: and it can be it can take over to your life the wrong way to also because if you want some people go on to what is it called? Spiritual bypassing, bypassing, bygassing, or something like that, where someone becomes really involved studying and practicing spirituality, and they read everything they can, and they, they've got huge libraries of books. Mm-hmm. But it's like they haven't fathomed the depth and meaning behind all those books. They haven't, the truth hasn't been realized in them. They know a lot of intellectual knowledge about different traditions and different things and different occult and practices sure but they don't know the essence of it because that essence will will come out, it will enlighten you and come out of you and just reading a lot of books won't do it and so like in in Taoism it says the Taoists don't learn by more reading they learn by less <laughs> less learning less doing yeah.
1: And more being and And more being
0: exactly more being. Being. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, because, you know, you can spend your life reading all of those books and being intellectually competent when you speak Mm -hmm. with others who went the way that you did, which is the true essence of who you are and continuing, continuing with practices to to resonate in your body and your heart and all of that right and so and it's also i find is that when you're really hungry when you get that first awakening and especially if it's big that it's easy to follow the wrong leader you know because people like to follow people
0: yes yes and that can get you into trouble (laughs) because then you start living someone else's truth and not your own Mm-hmm. And that can take you on someplace you really don't want to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you learnt all of these different aspects in order to help your own soul and your own mission. And mm-hmm. then you learnt with Chinese masters and later became a Kaira yoga. Did I say that right? Kriya yoga? Oh, Kriya yoga. Yeah. What is yeah, Kriya, kriya yoga? yoga? That's what I, I hadn't heard of that.
0: Kriya yoga, it just means that Kriya itself means action. But Kriya yoga is, is a method of yoga taught by Paramahansa Yogananda. And not only him, but others in his lineage. Yes. That it has passed through time since, I guess it goes all the way back to Babaji or um, some of the first yogis on the planet. Mm -hmm. and but it's a specific lineage that has specific meditation techniques and practices yeah
1: and do you find that yoga which is not the way the eastern see yoga but rather uh, the western yoga right is what we're talking about is conditioning your body and your mind and your spirit is it not
0: correct correct because you know you see at least in the beginning here, as it was taught in the West, it was, you know, you would go to a yoga studio. <laughs> you go to a studio to go uh-huh. work out. And that was yoga. Just just doing a bunch of exercise and stretches. And that's, you know, you saw in Hollywood, it was a hip thing yeah. to do and people were doing it was it. huge. Yeah, yeah. It was, still I is know. huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but that's, that's only one little aspect of yoga, hatha yoga, which is more doing the saunas and the different postures and stretches and exercises where that's just a small pigeon part of yoga. And, but for the Westerners, they took it as the whole thing of yoga and and that could be, that's really far from the truth on that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. It's very interesting. And I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know that, there was two different kind. There's really two different kinds of yoga, this side and and the other side of the world. Right. Um, so, and a lot of people don't even know that in the eastern. Right, right. Uh, they don't
0: know the philosophy and the and the deeper practices, the meditation practices, the met, the mind training practices mm-hmm. behind it. Um, mm-hmm. And so because that's all part. And not only that, the practice of mind, the real depth part of yoga that most people, hardly any practice is, is the mindfulness practices of yoga. And that's and that's that's a daily practice that you do 24/7. It, it's a whole change of your whole life where you're always you're learning to observe and be in the world. Mm -hmm. And trying and doing it with compassion and Mm -hmm. also with non judgment. Non judgment. Non judgment. Practice of mindfulness is being able to go through your life, your events, things that happen to you and other people um, with not being so judgmental. Mm -hmm. Because that's and that's what we're taught in the West is to be judgmental Mm -hmm. about everything. Mm And that, and yoga is just the opposite of that, is is to be more non Mm judgmental. Because that's what brings about the deeper peace of mind. Yes. Is being non judgmental. It's all that judgment that stirs up all the the negative emotions, the anger, the the resentment, Mm -hmm. all the judgments that we make, you know, Mm -hmm. cause all these emotional turmoil. Yes. that's really become just a way of life for us yeah and causes so much suffering
1: It causes a lot of suffering and people are afraid to be themselves and follow their own instincts which would be the instincts of their soul being afraid of being judged and they would rather be like everybody else than be judged
0: Exactly that' like go oh.
1: I was going to say be miserable. <laughs> and be like everybody else, then be happy or reach peacefulness by following their own intuition. Right. Who they're to be, what they're to be. And right. do you agree with that? Is that a fair I do. statement?
0: Mm-hmm. I do, especially because I think we've been highly conditioned in this culture. Mm-hmm. We're conditioned mm-hmm. since the day we're born, in terms mm-hmm. of um, you know, what things we should do. Mm-hmm. How girls should behave, how boys should behave, how they should dress. When we go to school, we have to learn a certain mode of thinking and a certain mode of of the way of living. That we should all mm-hmm. get a job, that we should all raise so many x ex- two point five children and get a car and a house, and that this yeah. is this is the way life should be. We're yeah. taught that,
1: yeah, because that's happiness, right?
0: That's happiness. <laughs> yes. And the more we have, the bigger the burger the better the bird. <laughs> it's <laughs> always the more we have the happier we will be yeah and, it, and it's far from the truth and it's
1: far from the truth yeah right mm-hmm. peace
0: always comes from within and it's something that you have find you can chase fame you can chase glory you can chase money mm-hmm. um, but you won't find it
1: mm-hmm. it'll
0: always be you'll always end up in with um, misery at the end Mm -hmm. Because it all changes, it all goes away. uh, Life is impermanent, and things are always changing.
1: Yes. And we're busy in our minds.
0: For sure. (laughs) We are too busy in
1: our minds. Yes. Um, And so the roommate in our head that's chattering all day long. Correct. I've got mine stopped. (laughs) Thank goodness. All right.
0: <laughs> Good for you. Because- yeah,
1: it's such a peaceful way to live when you're not constantly hearing your, you know, it part of everyone's brain. It's just a banter that keeps on repeating. And and I think I might be off by a couple of percentages, but the thoughts that you had yesterday. of the thoughts that you had yesterday, there are the exact same thoughts you had today, except for you're hoping for a different outcome. And, and that might be not very productive, if you are wanting to improve your life, but we don't know that until we know that. And that's why I love having people like you on my podcast, that you spent your life at 21 years of age or 20 years of age, and that time frame and read a book and you just changed your life or changed your trajectory right because of it. Yeah. Now do you ever think of if you didn't go on that path what your life would be like <laughs> if you were still that, you know, following with everybody else who and I mean you went to university and studied True. psychology and all of right. those things. So you were very well conditioned in our school system. Or the oh, school sure. system, right? Right. And so, do you ever think if you did not change your path, then what your life would be like today? Um,
0: I don't dwell on that very. I know very... this
1: is a diff. This is a hard question. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want it either. <laughs> you know, I. Uh, you don't think I, like
0: I? I? I would. Um, it would be hard for me to imagine that, but I, I could see where I would be more maybe towards my whole concern might have been just um, trying to get a good career and yes. trying to become recognized in the career mm-hmm. and, you know, try to make a lot of money and mm-hmm. and, and move up the status quo. And mm-hmm. because that because that's what I thought, that's what I would be thinking that what one well, should that-
1: yeah, and that's what mm-hmm. we're, we grow up to. We learn that, right We do learn
0: that.
1: We learn that. We do. but we we don't learn that other side. I mean, a lot of people go to church and things. That's part sure. of their their upbringing. But we're not talking about that type of teaching that you did. You no. learned a, a completely different way. And so tell us a little bit about how you felt. As you were taking those steps, what, did you have any uncertainty as you grew and learned in those traditions? For
0: sure. Yes. Tons. Good. You know, it's good um, to know. Yes. Lot, all kinds of. See, when, when you're on the on that path, when you get on that spiritual path, mm-hmm. most people think it, it might be like a you know, once you once you're on that path, then things arose.
1: <laughs> <You're>
0: just beautiful. <laughs> And they're not roads. No. You've got to I thought uh, you can't really advance on the path until you face all those atrocities and fears and mm-hmm. things that have happened to you while you were growing up, or any kind of resentment and anger that you carry inside you, mm-hmm. you won't be able to go deep in meditation and You'll, you'll get a little bit but you won't go deep into until you start to resolve those issues and what will happen those issues mm-hmm. will come up in meditation so yeah. you'll be having a blissful meditation all of a sudden all this anger mm-hmm. or all this hatred towards something will arise yeah so when you're growing on the path you have to learn to address those you have to face those yeah. and so those are the that's the hard part that's yeah. the, i find that i That's the hard part. Well, who wants to do
1: that? Nobody wants wants to to do do that. I want want
0: my happy pill. (laughs) I take my little spiritual happy pill and I don't have to deal with any of that, but it don't work
1: that way. No.
0: (laughs) And so I find that was, it is and still is. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't claim to to be any kind of enlightened individual um, I'm still on the path and still dealing with with of issues and pain, uh, things that I still work with and still deal with. The only plus is I'm aware of them. And yes. once you're aware, most people aren't even aware that these no. things are going on in their
1: minds. Oh, no, no, that's and right. it's
0: dry. It might be driving their behavior, yes. causing them to do all kinds the things that people do in this society to other people is amazing. And a lot of it is, is they have this uh, tracks of conditioning or uh, atrocities Mm -hmm. that have happened to them and they're acting them out in society and they're not even aware of what that's going on in your head. So the first step in spirituality is is to become aware of that, to become Mm -hmm. become aware of those programs, those uh, recordings in your head that are, could be negative that could be Mm -hmm. chips that you have on your shoulder that, grudges that you hold against people
1: and negative. grudges you hold against yourself too of course mm-hmm.
0: of course and mm-hmm. those can be much worse yes um especially you know if you if you can't forgive yourself it's forgiveness is such a, a huge part of the spiritual path yeah. forgiving yourself and forgiving others mm-hmm. and not holding on to those grudges and hurts that you've mm-hmm. gotten in the past from whether you've caused them or whether other people have caused them, but learning to forgive others and learning to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. It's let's go of such pain when you can do that.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's so important on the spiritual path to be able to do
1: that. Yes. Yes. And contemplation and reflection. Yes. Is, you know, I spent a lot of time in contemplation and reflection And I just wanted to review my life when I was on my spiritual path. And I still am on it. And the thing is, I didn't realize what I was doing at the time because I didn't have a teacher. I was doing things instinctively because I knew that I needed to do it, but I didn't know Mm -hmm. why I needed to do it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And you were kind of guided by your intuition.
1: I was guided. And when I had a near-death experience, I was T-boned. Almost a decade ago, and it changed my life completely. And it's when I started writing. I wrote a book and I, you know, and now and I started a podcast and all those right. things. And, but in the meantime, while I was writing my book and doing all that, I was undergoing a spiritual enlightenment about right. myself. Right. And I went back through my past and took little things and then took big things. And it was, it's tough, especially when you're doing it on your own and you don't have, and a lot of people may be doing the same thing and they don't realize a lot of grief and a lot of time alone. And then, but the beauty on the other side is you're so free. It's almost like you you're carrying around this weight, like a backpack, if you had a really heavy backpack Mm. and as the days go by you're taking things out of your backpack and taking a look at yes. them yes. dealing with them right and then setting them down yes. right yes and so you keep on getting lighter and lighter and lighter and then there's room for growth then right. there's room for the soul to start its bigger teaching right
0: right exactly it's yeah. like the old old story about the tea master this guy Uh i'm sure you might have heard it maybe not probably not Uh, um, this this old zen master is uh, a student wants to learn about zen Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and is visiting a zen master and and the student is telling everything about zen that he knows and all these Mm -hmm. concepts that he's learned from reading this book about zen and the zen master starts pouring some tea into the student's cup And the the student is going on and on about all these things he knows and stuff. (laughs) And the the teacher keeps pouring the tea. And all of a sudden, the teacup starts to overflow.
1: Yeah.
0: And all over the the, uh, table. All over the place. (laughs) Yeah, all over the place. And the student goes, teacher, teacher, (laughs) the tea is overflowing. And the, the Zen master goes, just like your mind is overflowing, all about things about Zen, it needs to be empty of those things before you can learn anything about it. So it goes along with what you were
1: saying. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have heard that. I have heard that. Um, I wasn't quite sure, but yes, I did. And it's, you know, and everybody is at their own level of sure. awakening. But there just seems to be a whole shift in human consciousness. I think that more and more people as they awaken a little bit. And it's the age of Aquarius right now, it right? It is. Yeah. Because so. I'm an
0: astrologer also, so that's close to the heart for me.
1: Okay. Yeah. So can you discuss a little bit about that? Like, what does that mean? Because the audience may be as hungry as you and I are right now, even speaking with each other. about Aquarian what, age? The age of Aquarius. Yeah, the Aquarian age. And what that means or could means or what we've entered into, right?
0: Right, quarian is one of the, is one of the hallmarks of that is the opening up of, of uh, occult information. Yes, to the general public that hasn't in the past hasn't been revealed only to a, yeah. a few. It's it's making it it's making it more available to the common yes. person. So that's happening. And I think you're right. There is a shift that's happening that's aware of. I mean, I was at Eckhart Tolle gathering. He came to Denver and I went to watch him and he had filled up a huge auditorium with people. And I was thinking to myself, this would not happen a few years back where people would come and fill up an auditorium to hear somebody Mm -hmm. talk about esoteric teachings Yes. And so it did my heart good to Mm -hmm. see that that many people Mm -hmm. were that much aware that they would go and listen to Eckhart Tolle talk about the present moment. And because most people are not in the present moment or don't even know what the present moment is.
1: And they haven't experienced that.
0: Right. Not even aware. Most people, their minds are either going towards a future doing plannings and thinking ahead about the future and living with expectations for a certain result of what they're doing Mm -hmm. and their minds are always there or Mm -hmm. it's stuck in the past, always regretting what has been done or just replaying the conditioning that they've been taught, the things that their father, their mother or someone's taught them and playing that over their head. And they're never Mm -hmm. in the present moment What's happening right now? What's happening at this very moment, right at this present moment, which I think is one of the most extraordinary discoveries that there is.
1: It is. <laughs>
0: it's, it's, the, it's a normal thing, but most people aren't aware of the present moment. This present moment right now, one little story I'd like to share, because Please you stood. one yes. of the questions you asked about was about extraordinary discoveries. Yes. And one of the experiences I had Mm -hmm. that led me through a lot of the teaching is to um, have out-of-body experiences. It was just something I wanted to experience that. And so I went to a class and Mm -hmm. and this is way back before it was popular because this was in my 20s. And so it was at a small... It was spooky. (laughs) It was spooky. I went to a a small occult bookstore and I took a course on astral projection. Yeah. And so I, I learned the course, I learned the techniques of the course. And then after a year's practice, and it took me that long to do it. Well, more like about six to nine months before I had my first intentional experience. Yes. A lot of people have had experiences, but it's been incidental. Yes. But this was intentional. It was a meditation practice I did. And then I had the experience. Mm-hmm. and I, I went out of my body. And I saw my body laying down in bed. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did the whole thing that people talk about going flying into outer space and visiting friends. And I did some experiments mm-hmm. um, at home that I had planned to do in terms of uh, feeling different objects and putting them different places to see if they move when I come back into my body. But really interesting things that were neat yeah. to do. And so the first time I had that experience, yeah. I went and I talked to him. I was so excited. I was just, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't fathom that that was really possible, and so I went over to my uh, instructor who had taught me. And I said, "I can't believe this really happened." <laughs> and I'm going on about how wonderful and great this is. And he says, "That's fine, but this moment right here, right now." Yes. is just wonder just as wonderful and as great as that experience that you just had. Yes. And that just floored me. Yeah. It just floored. Me. And it was it's so true. It's this moment we don't know what it is. It's incredible when you start to mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. Just, why how our consciousness exists this way, why it exists from the body in this kind of world and the things that, I, I mean, it, it just blows you away. Yeah. And so for me, it took an out-of-body experience to find how the ordinary is just as as extraordinary as an extraordinary experience like that
1: is. Wow, well yeah. put. Yeah. Fantastic. That was, um, that was pretty cool. A lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people, um, well, depends on what you mean by a lot of people. I mean, there's billions of people on the on the earth, right? Sure. So, yeah, I guess I could say a lot of people. That's the ones we know. Mistakenly of. go. I early, well, uh, about 19 or 20, mm-hmm. I mistakenly left my body. Saw my body laying in the bed, freaked sure. right out. Uh-huh. And, and you know, the feeling coming back in. Like I felt the swoosh going up and then bang and then coming down really hard. Right. So when you have an experience that is fearful and now you're fearful, it's really hard to do that again. You've got to overcome that fear. But if I can tell you just a little story, I was uh, in a class. uh, Yeah, I was in a class of NLP. Uh-huh. with uh, a neuro-linguistic yes, linguistic yes, program, right? right, right. And uh, so we were taking our first course and we were doing exercises and a lady uh, that I was with who was a friend of mine and mm-hmm. still is to this day, mm-hmm. and she was doing this to me, like in order to elicit uh, more information from me sure. and more information and more information. And I just yeah. went up and yeah. the instructor saw what was going on with me and I'm way up and I'm sure that I left my body at that time. And she came running across the room, grabbed her hand and said, stop it. (laughs) Wow. Because she saw that I had went Uh and I couldn't drive after I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even carry on a conversation because I had went somewhere else. Mm hmm. And so it's really easy <laughs> to have these accidental experiences.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You know, but have you heard of that as somebody taking someone higher
0: no. or? No, I haven't heard of someone being able to help propel someone higher
1: like that. Yes. She's, so she's gifted. I should ask her to do it again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> now that I'm more grounded, Right. Right. You no, know, because I was really young at the time. Maybe at that point I was 30 because I'd had both my kids at that time. Mm-hmm. So I would have been 30. But yeah, you can get into situations that you don't understand. And that's exactly what happened to me both times. I didn't understand it. I didn't know who to talk to. For sure.
0: And I had that unintentional, like you, accidental, yes. bite yeah. when I was younger and yes. when I was camping in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And it happened, what? And I during in the night, it was a a stormy night. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, I had popped out of my body and was outside the tent and walking around. And I didn't know what was happening, what was going on. And I started, I was saying, Where is everybody? And I and all of a sudden I started yelling for my mom and I didn't know yeah. what was going on. Yeah. And all of a sudden I popped back into my body. And then I asked my mom, Whoa, whoa, what just happened? And she's don't worry, it's just a dream. It, you know, just- and I never, never thought again about it because I thought it was just a dream.
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that's what people know to tell you if you do that type of stuff like right, you know right, right. Uh, they don't know it's anything other than a dream
0: definitely especially back then now i people are a little bit more aware but um, yes back then they, they were not aware and
1: yes, yeah. so. and what about sleepwalking does that have anything to do with that that's an altered state as well yeah. and i i have done some sleepwalking
0: have you well, completely out of it
1: yeah Wow. I have a very famous story about sleepwalking, <laughs> but I was a sleepwalker as child huh. and I would wake up in my parents' bedroom, them telling me, you know, get back to bed. Like they don't, they didn't know I was sleepwalking and they questioned me the next day and I didn't, I didn't know what they were talking about. Huh. I just remember them telling me to get back to bed and I was somewhere that I shouldn't have been because I wasn't in my own room and it was clearly nighttime right. and But uh, I have a very famous story and it got back to my home, got back to the city that I lived in before I did. Mm -hmm. And what it was, was we were helping our daughter move into dorms and we had driven up and to the university, to to the college. Uh And we were, so it was a very busy time. I was very tired and everything. And my husband had arrived the next day with all of her stuff to go into the dorm. Like we arrived a day before and we're very tired. We're shopping, we're getting the dorm stuff all together for, and I'm very tired. We right. went to bed that night and I get up out of bed. And I went to the door of the hotel room, mm-hmm. I opened the door and I went out and I started walking. I don't know where I was walking to, but it was towards the elevator. Hmm. And I heard voices a long, a long piece away And I thought, what are those voices? And I heard them, and I became more conscious. And the more conscious I became, the more aware I became if I had nothing on. I started to cover myself. I went back to my room, and I'm pounding on the door. Let me in, kind of like Fred Flintstone, (laughs) Wilma. (laughs) And he didn't wake up. And I turned around and I'm kicking the door and it was really hurting my heel. Well, finally, he woke up. He opened up the door. I'm staring naked. i naked. <laughs> <That's> what... and, <laughs> and he said, what are you doing? And I just <laughs> shot underneath his arm and jumped back into bed. And ah. we never even spoke about it at breakfast. Nothing. And then when we saw our daughter the next morning, my husband told my daughter about the incident. And by then it was all over the college. It had went back home. And I'm known as the naked lady walking the halls (laughs) at the Holiday Inn. I love it. It's very funny, very revealing. Yeah. I I wondered what type of state would a person like it? That's an altered state as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
0: I've never had that experience, so, but, you know, I've had altered experiences where maybe similar in a way. And, and I remember one time I was practicing Tai Chi and, and mm-hmm. there was a special seminar Yeah, and I was, I had the experience, my consciousness, I, I experienced my well, I guess even a better one that might be even more <laughs> appropriate is, is one time when I was running in the dunes and yes. I running for a mile or so, all of a sudden my consciousness went above my body yes. Yes. and it wasn't a true out of body, but it was also, but it was like I was still connected to my body, mm-hmm. but I was, I was, and r- runners will tell you of this experience. Many yes. long distance runners have this experience. So it's verified. Um, it's not something unique and unusual. Mm-hmm. And so I had that experience of where my conscious was slightly above my body. And I wasn't, ex- in, I wasn't experiencing any sensations of, in terms of getting tired. It was like, I could run and run. And I had all this without feeling any, any feelings of tiredness or anything. Right. So it was really weird by location experience. Yes. And that has some similarities to, to your experience. And because, you know, I was partially out of the body, but at the same time, I, you know, I'm, I was, my body was running at the same time, but, yes, but it was a very bi-locational experience. That was yes. really, really fascinating.
1: It's almost like you're witnessing yourself from above. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what
1: it was. I've had that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so these are all uh, sort of experiences that you can have that not a lot of people know about them or sure. really know why you have them. It's sort of like dreaming ahead of time. Like Dr. Gary Lockman, he has a book out called dreaming ahead of time. And I interviewed him on my podcast. Oh,
0: and did it's a you?
1: Same, oh. Yes. And it's a, oh. he's from Great Britain and or lives in Britain right now. Yeah, but, I've read yeah, some of his books. Yeah, yeah they're so yeah. interesting. Sure. I just adore his work. He's such a student of the esoteric, right? Right, right. And, uh, you know, I've dreamt things ahead of time. And or had thoughts of the future ahead of time, and it's come true. So have I. Pre- pre-cogni- pre-cognitive dreams. Pre-po- pre-cognitive dreamings, yeah, or right. or precognition. What the, what's yes. about to come, right? Right. I would, I would dream about uh, my children's future. I would dream about me and uh and and uh it's all very interesting very curious and i'm glad that we're at an age now where and i mean at an age in our evolution that we can talk about these things now and they're not yes. taboo like they were
0: exactly so they don't lock you up in a straitjacket
1: <laughs> well it's also the inquisition eh that went on for hundreds of years for people. right Right, if you had a
0: precognitive dream back in the Inquisition
1: time, they'd label
0: you as a witch and you get burned at the stake.
1: Yeah, you had to be yeah. very careful. Yeah. You know, somebody knocks at your door, you open it, goes, I knew you were coming.
0: <laughs>
1: I knew you were a witch. <laughs> I'm reporting you. Exactly. How did you know I was coming here? <laughs>
0: yeah, I be careful about those things.
1: Yes. And now we get to talk about these things. Right. You know, which is really nice. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant Show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Simotrex. And today I have the absolute pleasure to interview Jill, who is um, going to let us know where we can reach out to her, uh, how we can reach out to her.
0: Yeah, so the, probably the best way to, um, uh, first is if you're interested in, so I've read, written many books yeah so you can always read some of those in tai chi and karma and i talk a little bit in my latest book in terms of karma dealing with some of the challenges that you go through on the spiritual path because so many there's so many challenges involved and once you can gain a little awareness about them then you can meet them in more of a place of openness and peace Yes. and learn to to uh, resolve them. And it's a really important part and caused me so much suffering in my own life, you know. Yes. Um, and so people can learn from <laughs> yeah. some of my suffering how to make your life a little bit more easier and how to deal with some things that you might be having problems with on the spiritual path and, and mm-hmm. might get some guidance from that. And so mm-hmm. I don't have a website. Um, you can reach me. You can always email me at jilllawi at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way. Um, so right now or in reading books or f- from different friends and things like that.
1: Right. And surrender is a big thing, too, on the journey of enlightenment, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's huge. Surrendering and letting go. Is, is yeah,
1: letting go. Yeah. Because it,
0: surrendering involves a bit of trust. And yes. if you're having a lot of doubt, that's when it's really helpful to learn how to surrender, surrendering to your higher self, mm-hmm. uh, to your own natural goodness, to your own natural teacher within, or yes. um, and just knowing that the universe is showing you um, the way to go to improve yourself mm-hmm. and to to um, become. Uh, um, more self-realized, uh, mm-hmm. more enlightened, more happy, more happy, mm-hmm. just learning to be more happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm The Dalai Lama said, my religion is just loving kindness. I mean, people could just follow that as a path of spirituality, mm-hmm. just practicing loving. loving kindness mm-hmm. to others and, and to yourself. There'd be, so, <laughs> there'd be so much less pain and suffering in this world if people could just do that practice
1: loving kindness
0: loving kindness
1: so many people need loving kindness yes you know and and being blessed right you know right. I saw a lady in a in a store the other day she was a cashier and you could just tell on her face she was carrying the world ah. and I prompted her a little bit and she told me and I when I left I said bless you oh nice Bless you. Yeah. Because sometimes people just need an ear. For but sure. when you follow that up with blessing someone, mm-hmm. I really feel that that does affect their lives. I really believe that it affects their life. And But, you know, I'm hoping that just me listening to her mm-hmm. and being kind to her right. helped her that day with her want. It wife. did,
0: for yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. you were putting that practice loving kindness into practice and that's what that's what's needed to be done in this world Mm -hmm. with with all the fear and war and hatred and violence yeah that practice you do it one step at a time with people in your own environment yes do it with yourself first do it
1: with yourself well i feel that when you're feeling good inside and you feel that you're on your path and you're walking your journey You're more able to see people who are not doing so well in their Mm -hmm. life. And I feel that it's my duty to speak with those people and just to encourage them with their life and and even to bless them, I think can help them a lot with their life. Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, it's an opportunity that you have to share that, to share Mm -hmm. Yeah, somebody and, and those are the little tiny little things that can change and help people so much. Yes, yes, for sure. I mean, we, we get stuck in our own, our own thing, like you go, like you went to the grocery store, and you were able to do that most people get stuck in a role. I mean, I'm the ca- I'm playing the cashier, <laughs> you're playing the checkup person, and they don't get past that little role playing. So they can't say anything nice to them because they're the cashier. And I can't say anything, I can't be a, a friend to you because you're a cashier and I'm the customer. And so they play, they play these roles and they really don't allow themselves to, to be right.
1: Right. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. Yes. We're all the same, we're all human beings, we all have okay. souls and really we're all just souls. Yes. And it's your soul and I find my soul helps me now, like it used to just put obstacles in my path to help ca- catapult me to enlightenment so up. I could, you know, help <laughs> other people and now it's giving me these uh uh prompts to yeah. look a little deeper into her eyes and see the pain that's sitting there. That could be me, unawakened. Yeah, I'm looking at myself, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Because it's a reflection of who I could have been. Right. And I am so thankful that I have paid attention to my soul, and it wouldn't leave me alone. Right? Wouldn't leave me alone. Do you feel that you've been called to your journey, crafted it, or a bit of both, Jill? I think I've been called,
0: because yeah. I think I've been called <laughs> there a lot of different names <laughs> over the years. Over the years, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I definitely I've been called at different times, you know, yeah. by oh, my higher self, God, divine... Whatever you want to call it, whatever I mean, you
1: want to call it, yeah.
0: Yes, I mean, I was called to go into the priestess training program at Bria Yoga when I was first starting the path. I was called to go save my cousin Johnny when he was drowning in oh. Lake Michigan when I was younger. He was, oh. he was being pulled out by a current was pulling. Yes, him out that's right, and an undertow. Yeah. And I felt I just went out there, swam out there and got him. I did. There was no thought in my mind that, Mm -hmm. oh, I I better think maybe about doing this. I could drown Mm -hmm. myself. No, just I was called to go just go out there and get him. And I went and got him. So I I consider that a calling. I just had it. I'm not a hero. I don't claim anything towards that. But Mm -hmm. I was just. I just was called and I just went and did it and got him. And I didn't even think about anything at that. Nothing was in my mind except going to get him. So that was mm-hmm. a, that yes. was, and many people are called that way to situations and to yes. things in life to do that. And when we're called, <laughs> we've got to go. And so yeah. it's good to listen because you're being, you're being shown that you should do this. And then I also went to, I don't know if I, I told you ever, but I went to seminary. I spent five five years of my life going to seminary.
1: What is seminary? I've heard that word, but I don't think that I know that word. It's what Catholics, Protestants, right. okay. Christians go
0: to school or different training um, at different schools. Uh, yes. Catholics have their own place where they go. And, and at Andover Newton Theologi- Theological School, I went to five years of my life. I felt called to the divine to do that.
1: Wow
0: and so I, I, I consider that a calling and um, mm-hmm. so I never did pursue that and mm-hmm. so I went through five years and, and masters of Divinity degree there and um, and I did what well, did co-pastor in a church for a while at a Unitarian mm-hmm. church? Um, yes and did spiritual counseling and things like that but I found that the church wasn't the, a kind of environment or place mm-hmm. that. I was being that I really wanted to be in. Yes. There was so much politics going on. Oh and, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I was called to go through that, and mm-hmm. I went every day. I had to commute from. I was living in Vermont at the time, and I oh, to, I
1: love Vermont. Yeah.
0: Isn't it gorgeous? Anyway, I had to commute from Vermont to Boston. Yes. Um, once a week to do that for five years. So that was a good part of my life doing that. Yes. Yeah. And it was interesting, very interesting going there, because you would think, you know, going to a seminary, all the students would have this, um, would be full of the light and spirit for God or for the spirit. And it's just not the case. It wasn't the case at all. I was really surprised. There was just a lot of people studying, 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 studying different you know, spiritual books, different different areas of spirituality, and there really mm-hmm. wasn't that kind of brother sisterhood going on there. And I expected that to be there; it was not there. You would expect
1: that in seminary, and not that, that way. Oh my goodness! I not would that have way. Thought there would be. Yeah, you would have thought, but it, you didn't find it there. I didn't feel it there at all. It was just academia. It was just academia. We're just studying. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they weren't really in touch that much with their soul and and their walk or or their way they were, but there was just academia or I just, I I didn't feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah. I didn't feel it coming from their heart. It's like
0: their hearts weren't. Uh, open. It was like, yeah, they were into a lot of the different theology and the different religions and studies um, that there are out there. But I, I didn't feel that sense of community, that sense mm-hmm. of heart sharing, heart space going on, and you would expect that to be there. It's kind of very interesting. Mhm. And so, if you ever go to seminary, <laughs>
1: keep, that, keep that in
0: mind because you're Yeah, keep it in mind
1: that people are keeping their hearts to themselves. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's what they were doing there. Most people were just concerned about going through their studies and passing their courses and doing all the paperwork
1: and getting their diploma or whatever it is. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. And and so
0: now I feel called more towards helping others on the spiritual path, just because I've went through so much pain and suffering myself that I feel called just to give talks and lectures about some problems and things that can happen. And the way our minds work, the thoughts that go through our heads, and how we can get stuck with them and identify with them, and, which causes so much pain and and anxiety, and and yeah. just hoping to be to spread awareness in the world through my books and talks and lectures, yeah. uh, becoming more open and understanding and aware of those things that are going on within you, and to be open and learn about them, and so that they don't rule your lives, because so much of that. So, so much of the thoughts and emotions and that go through that we have been conditioned and learned and have taken on through hurts that have happened and we carry with them. And, you know, we're not even aware of the programs that are playing that have happened, the ch- chips that we're carrying on our shoulders mm-hmm. and how that affects how we see reality, how that colors, how we see mm-hmm. everything, our hurt, our pain is causing to see reality you know a really limited perspective yeah
1: yes yeah and when you overcome that those feelings that are crippled they cripple you yes
0: they cripple you
1: yeah Yeah. then you you meet and you greet people and life every day completely different right and a lot of people want to know how to get there You know, so I think that you're offering a beautiful service, especially your books. You've already done that. But through talk and giving lectures and things like that, even better, because people now that the pandemic is over, I mean, you could even do it on Zoom, right? But now that the pandemic is over there, it's opened up again, that in person sort of you can talk to the, you know, the speaker after the talk is done, right? Right. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about before I close up the show? Just
0: that practicing those words from the Dalai Lama. Mm -hmm. uh, It's extending yourself and being kind to others, Mm -hmm. even in small ways Mm -hmm. that can help to change other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And don't try to change the world. Change yourself instead peace begins with you so peace has to start in you before you can start bringing peace into the world so open your heart um, become aware of of who you are what you identify with and learn to be more kind and caring to other people Mm -hmm. and so if i if if just leaving those words of practicing loving kindness in your own way, in your own heart, with your own family mm-hmm. and people around you can really help to improve our society yes. so, and to change the world in a wonderful way. And um, so if I just leave with those words, um, I think that would be the most
1: important Yes, beautifully. It's almost like a benediction or something that you've given us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased that I have met you through my friend, Gail, and through your friend, Gail. I mean, it's a beautiful, we almost, because you know, Gail and I know Gail Why? We just friends all automatically because of Gail, right? By our connections. And that's wonderful. We're just so relaxed with each other. We've had a beautiful conversation. Yes. I adore your life. I adore your courage, your strength to follow your heart and soul instead of what was what everybody else was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. Takes a lot of courage to do that. It does. Um, Because you're losing those friends fall away and new people come into your life. But, but when you change and those friends fall away, you don't realize that these beautiful people are going to come into your life and help you then on your journey, because your soul is waiting to say point to point you in your direction. right? Right. Right. And it's, so I thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared. I mean, it prompted me and, you know, and conversations that I've never had with people, sometimes, especially not on a on a podcast. Oh my goodness, we've revealed oh, cool. maybe than we wanted to, right? <laughs> but yeah. uh, thank you so much, Jill. It's been wonderful, and I'd really like to have you back on the show sometime to go oh, a little bit deeper and talk sure. more about dreams and the esoteric and and all of that stuff. I, I, you know, it's my favorite subject.
0: <laughs> right. Cool, cool. Thank you so much, Rhonda. I appreciate it. I love being here and love sharing with you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant Show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend, John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work
1: that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com.
0: Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax